TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that, well, no, it will end. Coming up at 10 o'clock. Welcome back. This is At Your Service. Fill-in guest host tonight, Dave Simons. That would be me, certified financial planner, all-round nice guy. Speaking of being a certified financial planner uh, and my long-running Dollars and Cents show, although I'm only on maybe a dozen times a year now, but I do have a show this Sunday. So in just a few days, if you would like a two-hour show just on the topics that I'm about to discuss, then please tune tune in uh, to KMOX here from 3 until 5 o'clock this Sunday, the return of dollars and cents. And then if I have my calendar right, I don't have it in front of me, but um, I do have a couple of other at-your-service guest hosting gigs coming up in March, and they are separated by a couple of weeks. So Tuesday, March 12th, of course, 8 to 10, as always, and then two weeks later, on Tuesday, March 26th, I will also be uh, filling in here at your service. All right. So I ended the first hour talking about the poster child of AI, this chip making company called NVIDIA. If you get a chance and you're interested in this kind of thing and you love great American success stories, just Google search this thing. How did NVIDIA start? Um, or, or you can just put in, you know, uh, uh, NVIDIA starts at Denny's. Like, Denny's? No, if you don't know the story, this is a couple of buddies, high-tech buddies. I, I forget what college they went to, like Stanford or MIT or whatever. And they met at a Denny's in 1993. This is the famous story now to talk about coming, kind of coming up with this chip manufacturing company and they actually started to develop chips for the gaming industry so a lot of the folks who have uh, been gamers over the years have used these nvidia chips well they had the foresight a number of years ago not that long ago to see this thing called artificial intelligence and they realize the chips that they make for gaming can easily be transported and transformed into the kind of chips that would help develop these machine thinking programs. And now they're the third most um, uh, uh, highest market cap company in the country. It's amazing story behind Microsoft and Apple. And then there's NVIDIA when they reported earnings. And I was talking about this at the end of the first hour. 
And I was spot on when I said this could be a market moving earnings report, unlike anything we've seen for a long, long time. And it could go either way, I said. If they only meet expectations with their earnings, that stock will get hammered and it's likely going to take the entire technology sector down for a couple of days, couple of weeks or whatever, and maybe the broader market, it's that big of a deal. But if they just blow away earnings, and expectations were already through the roof. So it was going to have to be some kind of unprecedented number. That was the only way to get that stock in the market to continue to move higher. And that's exactly what happened. Think, you, let's put this in perspective because there's really no precedent for this. You've probably heard of the Mag7 or the Magnificent 7 companies. They're all somehow tech-related, AI-related, of course. When they reported quarterly earnings in the last month, their revenue growth ranged on the low side 2% for Apple. Apple stock has not been doing that great. Still grew, but only at 2%. To the high side of the MAG7 stocks, Meta or Facebook, growing at 25%. Now, a company that large, Facebook, with a earnings report seeing growth year over year of 25% in revenue is unbelievable. And then NVIDIA reported. Keeping in mind now that everybody was just thrilled with Facebook Meta reporting 25% earnings growth and that stock popped. NVIDIA was already expected to blow that out of the water, but they, they even exceeded wild expectations. Their revenue growth year over year, 265%. I did not make a mistake when I said that. More importantly, they told analysts, yeah, you might want to increase your estimates for the next couple of quarters. It's very difficult for us to keep up with demand. The chips that we make that are powering this new phenomenon known as AI or artificial intelligence. I cannot stress enough what this economy is about to undergo, and we're already seeing it. I am not one given to hyperbole. I'm not provocative just to be, you know, for provocative sake here. It is true that what we're undergoing, the early stages, will be bigger than the advent of the Internet. You are literally taking an entire technological ecosystem around the world and you're shuttering it and starting anew with something else. The only analogy that I can come up here with here, and it really doesn't do it justice because it's very small, but you'll understand this as I explain it. Think about the music industry. For decades, how is the way that you would be able to listen to music that you wanted to buy? You'd go to a record store, right? Albums. Man, do I long for those days. I would spend hours going to a street side records or peaches down on Manchester. Love that place, the big crates. And you'd just go through all these albums. And I never left there without buying at least a few albums. Sometimes it would be the latest new album, but then you'd find these little hidden gems. Oh, my gosh. I just I just heard this band on Casey the other day. And in, here's an album they came out with in 1973. This is great. And I, I really miss those days. Who would have ever thought that that would just die? But it did with the advent of this thing called the compact disc or CD. Now, yeah, we you had cassette tapes and you had <laughs> the ill-fated eight-track cassette tapes. Remember those? I, I had a few of those. Uh, so they competed with albums, but not really. Albums were the thing. 
all of a sudden, all these people, these companies that help make vinyl albums, they were going out of business. The way that even radio stations started to play music and all the equipment that they had to buy had to be transformed. Now we had CDs. An entire ecosystem of the music industry had to change. And that was an enormous boom for, for the companies involved in that. Now, spread that out exponentially into every industry that will somehow be impacted by AI. There will be no company and no industry that will not be impacted, just like we saw with the internet. But because the world economy is so much larger on a gross basis, this will be bigger than the internet. I am not telling you what stocks you should buy. And I'm, by the way, also not suggesting that the market isn't ahead of itself here a little bit. The last thing that we want to see is this thing get into bubblicious territory. And we've got a, a late 99, early 2000 environment on our hands again. Nobody wants a market crash like we had in 2002 because that, those days, the heady days of the internet bubble, we were all paid a price for that. The greed and the hubris that permeated Wall Street at the time. We are nowhere near that. Now, I'm going to circle back to that topic a little bit later in the show, and we'll talk about that. But I really wanted to set this up because this is what is driving the market right now. This legitimate enthusiasm. This is not a fad at all. It's the real thing. And if you can't think long term, and you are somehow fearful of investing in the stock market because you cannot you cannot take the day-to-day -day volatility. I understand you are who you are, but know that you are going to miss out over the next number of years and decades on something truly phenomenal, even with the corrections and bear markets that have to come along with that. Let me give you an example here. Today, the NASDAQ, that high flying tech related index the nasdaq finally 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 hit its all-time high it's been a long time uh, a couple of years it was the last index to finally hit an all-time high the dow was first uh, earlier this year the s p 500 followed and finally the nasdaq the reason why it took a little bit longer for the nasdaq is because it got crushed in 2022 when we had the bear market that is the more volatile index but it's finally hit an all-time high the NASDAQ has averaged close to 14% over the last nine years or so. But man, can it have wild swings. And of course, NVIDIA and all many of the AI stocks are involved in the NASDAQ. But it's not just these AI stocks, and it's just not technology. Thankfully, we are now seeing a broadening out. Today was a perfect example. The S&P 500 hit yet another all-time high. In fact, both the Dow and the S&P are off to their best start of any year since 2019. Um, and, and also, I might add, the Dow and the S&P had their best February since 2015. So we've really got something going here. Although it wouldn't surprise me if we see a little bit of a correction here. I would actually welcome it. I don't like the fact that there's a little frothiness that's starting to infiltrate the investing world. So it, we would all be really well served as long-term investors if we can keep this thing in check, 
keep the market honest a little bit, let the occasional correction happen, get the greedy day trading Johnny-come-lately investors out of the way occasionally, let them feel some pain. The rest of us will stay involved, take advantage of pullbacks for a lot of the wealth that is, in my opinion, going to come our way the next number of years because of this new phenomena that's very, very real called artificial intelligence. I know there's a whole debate obviously, about the sanctity of this thing and a lot of the issues that we're all concerned about, literally about humanity. I get that. That's going to be maybe another show sometime. That that, that, that could be an entire uh, you know, college course that you can study on the effects of AI, the good and the bad. We won't get into that tonight other than to recognize this is real and it's not going away. Either is this at your service show not going away, but we do need to take a break right now. We'll come back and continue to talk about this bull market and that's what it is right after this. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone news. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like we need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through. You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Man, time always flies when I'm on this show. I used to start to get on a roll and realize, oh my goodness, I've been on for a couple of hours, but it is 922 in St. Louis. Dave Simon's filling in at your service tonight. So these comparisons that some people try to make between now and 1999, in some cases, they're actually trying to sell you something. These are the snake oil salesmen who are trying to convince you and have tried for years that the, the dollar is going to crash. It's going to be replaced by a digital dollar. You need to buy gold, all this stuff so it's like their cousins come out and say oh yeah this is 1999 again you want to get out of the stock market and you want to uh, buy my newsletter to figure out what to do and by the way you could go online and watch my free video right now and learn how to save the fortune that you are about to lose all right it's hogwash don't believe it for those of you who fear that we are about to have a major market crash based purely on what you consider to be speculation in AI. Let me ask you something. 
Were you there back in those days? Were you actually investing your own money in the late 90s? If you were, then I think you might have a short memory. Not only was I investing my own money, but I was doing then what I'm doing now, investing money for clients, a financial advisor. In fact, not just in 99, I was there from the beginning of the internet. During that bull run from 95 into early 2000, I was managing money all those years. I'm kind of dating myself now, aren't I? But I've got the experience to talk about those days. There are so many anecdotes that I can talk about uh, in, in, in comparison and how actually they're dissimilar to everything that they're, 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 uh, that's happening today. Let me just give you a few examples. True story here. I would actually have clients back then, especially at the peak in 99, the early part of 2000, where you would have the same person call several times during the day to keep adding. The market opens at 830 and I might get a call from a client at 825. Hey, when the market opens, I'd like to buy 50 shares of Amazon. Okay. Now, this was back in the days where we were more... It's kind of still had that feel of being a stockbroker. That those are dinosaur days now. Thankfully, the industry changed, and many of us went on to get our certified financial planner license. In fact, I did right after that. I've had my CFP for over twenty years now, and now we are more holistic financial planners. I love the fact that the industry has really morphed into that, as opposed to when I got into the business, you were kind of the old-fashioned stockbroker. And that was still part of the business that I was doing in the 90s. So you would get a call from a client, and I and this is a true example. This this is just one time this happened. And a client would call, and I, I want to buy 50 shares of Amazon at the open. Great. And then the guy would go and watch CNBC and see that Amazon was jumping and the nasdaq was rising once again and he might call back at 11 o'clock that morning yeah i'd like to buy another 30 shares of amazon uh okay and then a third time it's about two o'clock yeah man this thing's really going uh buy me another 15 shares of amazon okay and then you would sort of have to maybe have this discussion with him uh, does this fit into your risk profile you'd have to make make a, a note on it, but this was occurring constantly, and people didn't even think about it. They had lost any sense of risk. I knew people who were quitting their jobs to day trade and making more money when it was working. So many stories like that. You could even look at the price to earnings multiples of stocks back then. Companies, all they had to do to go public was to put a dot com in their name somehow. And the entrepreneurs and the innovators who were looking to invest millions of dollars in these new startups, they weren't even doing their due diligence like they had years prior. And they would say, so you're involved in the Internet? Yes. So you're going to sell your new product on the Internet? Yeah. Okay. Here's five million dollars. I want it. I want in. And nobody batted an eye. These kinds of things are not happening. We don't get calls from clients wanting to buy shares throughout the day of the latest AI stock. Even NVIDIA itself. I'm telling you, my friends, back in the day in 99, a stock like NVIDIA would have been trading at a PE multiple in the hundreds. 300, 400, 500. Amazon at one point, even though they were losing money, effectively traded at a PE of over 400 back in the day. 
And that bled down through to the rest of the market where you had even non-tech companies like Walmart and Home Depot trading at above 40 times earnings. It was ridiculous. It was out of hand. The S&P 500 at one point itself, the 500 stocks, most of them having nothing to do with the Internet. But the average P.E. was over 40 back then. Today, people are concerned because it trades at like 22, 23 times earnings. It's, it's not even close. With that said, on the other hand, I do believe that it, we're, we're seeing a little greed come back into the market, and I don't like it. And now you're starting to see some of the things that were occurring back in, let's say, 96, 97, still kind of in the early part of the Internet. You're getting a sense of that. So if I somehow had any power over this thing, I would go to Mr. Market and say, hey, pal, come here, come here. Do me a favor and start sending some of these stocks down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's like maybe the overall market, bring it down five, eight percent. Get people a little concerned. Let's bring some intelligence back into the market. Let's remind people there is near-term risk. And take some of these AI stocks. Yeah, take them down 20%. Ooh, that'll that'll teach them. And that will get the the Yahoos out. And people like us, the rest of us, long-term investors, we'll be more than happy to buy them and continue to add to these shares longer term. So this is not 1999, although if we don't have corrections along the way, like I wish we would have sooner rather than later, normal, normal corrections, maybe there's even a little bit of a bear market in there, then yes, we will approach 99. Because in the latter days of the internet bubble, we were devoid of those kinds of pullbacks, and we paid a dear price. If that were to occur, though, let me be clear. I think we're a long way away. These are the early stages of this new phenomenon known as artificial intelligence. Now, I guarantee what's going to happen when inevitably there will be people who will suffer because of greed during this phenomenon of AI. Whether, whether it's just a regular correction or we do get into some bubble and pull back. And you know what's going to happen? Too many investors will not look in the mirror and say, yeah, I got caught up in this. I made some mistakes. You know, instead what they will say, I knew it. The market is rigged against the little guy. I don't trust any of the elites out there. It's some big cabal of... of um, you know, these powerful, rich elites with their secret handshakes behind closed doors who make all the rules and they crush the market to their own benefit. And it hurts the little guy like me. And that is a bunch of baloney. It is hogwash. Don't believe it. That's for people looking for any excuse to blame others. That is the latest podcast. That's part of the theme of the latest quick hit Simon Says podcast that I put out on Facebook. That was yesterday. So when we come back, I'm going to play it. It's like about 10 minutes long. I really wish that you would listen to it because I think that you'll be informed of how I think this thing could play out. And it also talks about today's current environment, even the politics of it, where so many of us as Americans have lost faith in our institutions, and legitimately so in some cases. And that includes Wall Street. But don't let that keep you from investing. I'll play that when we come back with more at your service.
Welcome back. Dave Simon filling in tonight at your service right here on the Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. It's 936 in St. Louis. So I continue to have a blast with this new experiment that I started last year. You might have heard of something. It's, it's a new concept called a podcast. Yeah, me and about 3 million other people have their own podcast. Uh, but it's something I've wanted to do for a while, started it last spring. And I may have mentioned this the last time I was on nine days ago, but we just went over 100,000 views for the first time on all the various things that I've released on the YouTube. Now, And that's just YouTube. That doesn't even count uh, Spotify and Apple Tunes and all that for, for some of the other stuff that I've released. This is just the YouTube version. And uh, I released one of these every week. This is the 32nd one, I think, uh, 32nd quick hit. And the one that I released yesterday morning that's now out there. So if you want to hear this again or even view it, if you want to see my ugly mug at the same time, you can just go to uh, YouTube. And if you've not done this before in the search engine, just put in Simon's Says Podcast and you'll see it, a caricature of my bald head holding a microphone. The uh, title is The Elites Fail Us, But the Game is Not Rigged. Here it is. Hello again, everybody. You know, one of the troubling developments in our country, in my opinion, in recent years, if really not the last couple of decades, is this growing distrust that we have in our institutions in our country. This has been going on for a little bit, and you know exactly what I'm talking about, a lot of the headlines. And speaking of headlines, let's start with the media. I mean, when I was growing up, you never really questioned what was being told to us on the nightly news. I remember sitting in my living room with my parents, and we, we there would be watching Walter Cronkite, and what was reported, that was just the truth. That was the news. But I think a lot of folks would agree today we're not so sure what we're being fed. And this is on both sides. I'm not playing politics here. Both sides believe that we are now having more opinions forced on us instead of just the facts. And it's not just the media, let's be honest. Uh, uh, What are some of the recent institutions in in recent years? Um, Well, you can, like education, for example, Uh, From elementary school all the way up to our universities, that's been in the news a lot lately, particularly among uh, Ivy League schools, of course, making headlines here recently. Health care. A lot of folks have kind of pushed back on things that um, that they've been told for years. Again, I'm not getting political. I'm not taking sides. I'm just telling you the facts. We all know this is true. Uh, Government entities, name them all. Uh, Even my industry. You look at financial services and Wall Street and the Fed, there has been this growing skepticism of what we're being told. Now, let me be clear. I'm not going all populist here, and I'm certainly not going way out on the the edge where a lot of folks go, where you get into conspiratorial thinking, like there's some kind of secret cabal of of folks who are purposely trying to tell us mistruths to lead us astray. I, I do not buy the vast majority of that. We don't have to. We can see with our own eyes that um, I think the veil has kind of been torn apart in front of us to some degree. Now, I am I'm just going to focus on my own industry. It's very, very apparent, I think, for a lot of people who suddenly now the institutions that we put up on this pedestal and we just accept it as truth from the so-called elites, people are saying, wait a minute, you've been wrong. You've been dead wrong. We trusted you 
you are the experts we thought, and I've been hurt by some of the things that you thought were done in, for my, my benefit. Let me give you some recent examples. Like, let's take the Fed, for example, the Federal Reserve. Um, I know they're an easy target, but, but bear with me here for a second. Just a few recent years ago, Fed Chairman Jay Powell and his cohorts uh, told us that inflation was transitory. Don't worry about it. As we were emerging from the lockdown and we were coming out and we were spending money and, of course, inflation shot through the roof. And the Fed said, don't worry. Look, this as soon as the supply chains are fixed and opened up, inflation is going to go right back down. No big deal. We don't need to raise rates. We don't need to worry about nothing to see here. Move on. Well, they were wrong, and I will give credit to Jay Powell. He admitted so. You don't find a lot of folks in positions like his to say, yeah, mea culpa, sorry, we misread it. But they did that. And so um, they started, of course, raising rates pretty dramatically starting a couple of years ago just to, to fend off the inflation that they never thought would take hold and eventually get up to 9%. We can even go back to the Great Recession, speaking of the Fed, then Chairman Ben Bernanke. Man, oh, man, that was one of the, the more egregious missed calls in the history of the Fed. As the housing bubble started to take form and started to take shape and people were starting to get concerned, not to the effect that, oh, my gosh, we're going to have this complete economic meltdown. Very few saw that coming. But Bernanke looked at it and he said, we've never had a housing bubble in this country. Do you remember him saying that? I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. And he was saying, we don't see what the problem is. Things will adjust. And this is regional. Some hot areas will come down, but for the most part, we'll be okay. Americans really felt let down by that, that the people that we, that are in charge, some, some elected, most of them are not. These are the so-called elites who are supposed to have our best interest in mind. They missed it. And millions of Americans were hurt by that. So we get to 2024 and I understand the skepticism. Again, you don't have to be a conspiracy theorist here uh, or follow those kinds of things to say, yeah, the, 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 the folks who are in decision-making positions, they have not helped us. And I guess we're all alone here. Let me bring it again back to my industry and why this doesn't have to be a problem. Um, so I'm talking about Wall Street and I'm talking about the market strategists and the economists, and the pundits, and the prognosticators who give us their opinions on where they think the market is heading and where they think the economy is heading. More recently, they were dead wrong about 2023. Remember, most of them predicted we'd have a recession. I get it. I'm not saying, oh, they're so foolish. The data was there suggesting there was a good chance it happened. It would happen, but it didn't. Folks, nobody knows. I, I have done other podcasts related to this topic, and it's so important. That's why I keep coming back to it and why I keep writing about this theme in my weekly commentaries, that it is 100% impossible to know where the market is going to finish at the end of the year. Think about trying to predict the weather. All right. That's an easy one to make a comparison with. But honestly, we, we have all kinds now of new computers and new data and meteorologists are smarter about this kind of thing than they were decades ago. But do they have any idea what the wind is going to really be in even just two weeks? Or how about next week? 
Do they know that the wind is going to come out of the northwest at between 8 and 10 miles an hour on July 14th of this year? Of course they don't. They can look at historical data, and they can look at what typically happens, and they can try to determine long-term patterns, but in the end, we have no idea, and that's the same thing with, with what happens with predictions about where the market is going. The reason I bring this up again is here we go again in 2024, and a lot of people are talking about, okay, the elections may do this. The the Middle East crisis and the war might do this to financial markets. And what if China does this in Taiwan? And we have no idea how this is all going to play out. And you know what? Here's the beauty and here's the liberating part of all this. You don't have to know. When it comes to developing your own financial plan, the market will do what the market is going to do with all its various machinations and the vagaries of the various trends that happen. Forget about it. Where do you want to be years down the road? What are your goals? How much money do you have to have? What is your risk tolerance? None of that is dependent on what any analyst or elite economist is telling us about the markets going forward. All of this is to say, in the immortal words of Jim Cramer, they know nothing. Right, Jim? He's nuts. They're nuts. They know nothing. Right, Jim. <laughs> that is such a a famous diatribe that I never get tired of, of looking at that for, for obvious reasons. Let me end with this. This is what I'm about to tell you is um, frustrating to me. But in a way, it's almost even sad, too, because I hear this a lot from people. Why even really invest when the market is rigged? The big boys and girls make all the money. They secretly control everything. And us, we the little guys, get hammered time and time and time and time again. Now, I get some of the sentiment, but if you allow me to, dare I push back on you a little bit on that? Let me give you the real secret. The market is not rigged. It is not rigged against you. It is not rigged against me. There's not some kind of secret organization, secret cabal. It's not over in Davos. It's not Jackson Hole, Wyoming. There's not some kind of secret code where all the elites get to make money on Wall Street and the little guy gets crushed every time. I've been doing this a long time. And let me tell you, there have been some very successful billionaire type investors who have lost everything on the investment side, big hedge funds that have gone under because they made terrible mistakes. Again, there is not some secret contract that you give the secret handshake, enter into the secret door, and now you've unlocked the code and nobody else is allowed to enter. Come on, th that doesn't exist. When you look at earnings, when Home Depot reports their quarterly earnings, there's nothing secret about it. It is what it is. When we see what the economy is doing, Okay, it is what it is. That doesn't have anything to do with you putting together a portfolio that might say, I want 60 to 70% of my money in good quality blue chip stocks that pay dividends, some good quality bonds. Maybe I'll take a little risk with some higher alpha type of investments over here, 5 to 10% of my money. I will just be patient with this over time and you're going to make money. Dare I say the people who come back and say the market is rigged are those of the folks who have actually made mistakes. They don't want to admit it. 
They don't want to look in the mirror and say, yeah, I got too aggressive or I couldn't take it and I was in and out of the market. When that happens and people fail, they will look at the elites and they will say, you're the ones, you're the reason I am failing in my investment plan. That's just not accurate. You will be successful if you follow your own plan and ignore and tune out the noise from all the so-called pundits and the elites who honestly don't know a lot more than you or I. Amen, brother. Oh, yeah, that was me. We shall return. I'll uh, follow up with more of that podcast that was just released yesterday after this as we close out this edition of At Your Service. Hey, my friends, thank you so much for tuning in Camo X tonight, as always, and specifically this very show. It's been fun. Can't believe it's already over. But like I said, I will be back on the Camo X airwaves this Sunday afternoon from three to five to do a regular dollars and cents show. And um, also, if you would like to hear from me every week in written form, if you haven't done so, you can certainly subscribe to the email newsletter that I've been writing now for 24 years. And it comes out every Friday. If you get in your request by 8 a.m. tomorrow and one of my assistants sees it, she'll make sure you will get tomorrow's commentary, which I think you'll enjoy. I always put a little little humor, a little self-deprecating humor in there to make a bigger point about something. Um, and like I said, been doing that, geez, I can't believe it, nearly a quarter century. So to get on that list... You just need to go to david.simons at ubs.com. That's David, period, S-I-M-O-N-S at U-B as in boy, S as in Sam, dot com. And you don't have to write anything in the body of the uh, email. Just in the subject line, sign me up for the newsletter, something like that, and they'll put you on there. It's a blind carbon copy. Nobody sees it. Nobody spams you. We don't know who you are. You are going to be now more than a 1,000 people have subscribed to that currently um, uh, on the base, uh, subscriber base. So anyway, I want to end on this just to really drive this point home once again, how I am all in on this whole phenomenon from an investing standpoint on artificial intelligence. Many of you know who Jamie Dimon is. He's the CEO, long-running CEO of, um, at, at J.P. Morgan. He can be a really dour guy at times. He can come off as somewhat negative and a little skeptical. Well, at a conference in the past, uh, I guess, week or so, he was asked about AI. And I was really pleasantly surprised that he, the dour guy, was actually so positive of it. Here's his quote. This is not hype. This is real. When we had the internet bubble the first time around, that was hype. This is not hype. It's real. People are deploying it at different speeds, but it will handle a tremendous amount of stuff. Again, that's CEO Jamie Dimon at J.P. Morgan. In fact, this really blew me away. Remember, this is a bank, a very successful one at that, but a bank nonetheless. They now have about 200 people doing research on these large language models that have been rolled out by tech companies. So when you have non-tech companies like J.P. Morgan now with a couple hundred people assigned to AI, he's right, it ain't hype. Have a great weekend as we enter into it, my friends, and I hope to talk to you this Sunday afternoon. Take care. 
TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported. 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier. And timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 